this is the story of Fang's dog. But the dog that chases its tail will be busy. All right, I am sitting here today uh, socially distancing. Uh, one of my good friends, Andrea. Um, also, my wife, Haley, is with us as well. Hi. Hello. Um, and Andrea's husband, Jeff, is here. Hello. Hello. Um, you probably won't hear too much of Jeff. He'll probably chime in here a little bit. But uh, we're really here to talk to Andrea because of uh, Wagon Tails Doggy Daycare. We've mentioned Wagon Tails quite a bit on the show because uh, Haley and I, we both take Walter and Opie there, our uh, Tringwalker Coonhound and German Shepherd, our frequent visitors of Wagon Tails Doggy Daycare. And uh, in this time of the pandemic, Wagon Tails is open for business. We, in, we indeed are super grateful uh, to be in that position, to be able to be an essential business and providing care for essential workers, uh, people that are working on the front lines, as well as people that are working at businesses that are open. And so they need somewhere for the dogs to go uh, safely, and we are happy to provide that. And you guys are located in Citrus Heights, and so you service most people in the area, but have you gotten anybody to bring their dogs from further out of town from the, the Sacramento area? Yeah, like what's your furthest client yeah. from, from home base? Let's see. We've had some come from the Bay Area, some from Tahoe. I feel like there was somebody maybe from Oregon Washington. that would come down in Washington. Wow. We've been um, doing this for almost 15 years, so we've, we've managed to meet a lot of people and... Some people definitely come from all over. The beauty about our location of our business is we're right off I-80. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice little hub for people to get on and off, drop the dogs off, and continue on their way wherever they're going. I always, I've always wanted to ask you this. Does the smell from California Burger kill you every day? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it must kill the dogs, too. Yeah, they'll, oh. they'll catch, especially when they're, like, grilling up, I think it's onions or bacon mm -hmm. or some kind of amazingly delicious smelling thing. You'll see the dogs' noses. <laughs> so this is quickly turning into a free plug for California. Sorry. I had to, if you're not aware, they're located across Burger. the Street yeah. from California. That's Burger. a good landmark. It yeah, is. to find us. So if you perfect. know where that is, yeah. follow your nose. <laughs> you can do it. You can do a two for one visit. You drop your dog off to have some fun, and then you go have delicious lunch. Okay, so that's is actually there, is California Burger open? Drive through. Right I have a drive through. Oh, fantastic! Yep. <laughs> that's like a normal thing for us. Like when we like a Friday night, we've dropped the dogs off. We'll go pick them up, and we'll swing through California Burger and go home. Like oh, it's delicious. It's yeah. so. Satisfying. So to be able <laughs> to be able to take our dogs somewhere and leave them uh, with somebody who we can trust is one of the most valuable things, uh, like a, one of the most valuable services we can ask for as dog owners, um, especially during these times because Lord knows everybody needs a break from being sheltered in place, mm -hmm. including our dogs, and there's not a lot of places for us to go. All the parks are closed, dog parks are closed for the moment, um, and the fact that you are open, especially for essential workers, is such uh, an important service to have. So how are you, you had to close for a little bit. We did, when initially. they, yeah, they put the, the first shelter in place order was put out in, what are we, in April, it was in March. So March 19th was our last day. We closed for two weeks, and then we decided there was such a great need. We were just getting, uh, our clients were reaching out to us and sort of desperate, and we realized our business was perfectly set up 
uh, to provide a really safe environment as far as COVID-19 is concerned. Um, we're outside, so sunlight, viruses, are they don't live too long in the sunlight. Also, the, the public is not allowed to come into where the dogs are. Um, and so that keeps a, a physical and social distance just naturally. There's also a gate, but there's like three gates to right. get in. So, you know, they, you guys even have the ability to close a gate. And when one client is in, you can keep it. I mean, we right. do this all the time. You can keep it six, eight feet apart. Right. The dogs know what they're doing. They go right to the gate, you know. And, um, you know, if anybody's concerned, somebody will come out and grab your dogs for you. So you, I mean, you even have the ability to close off a couple of right. gates if you need to. Have, yeah. Yeah. Several. So it's very, you know, it's very clean. It's very safe. It's So a lot of people are getting a lot of mis- misinformation about COVID-19. And there's been some stories about uh, domestic animals contracting COVID-19. Is that something that you're concerned about? And do you, be- do you think that these, these dog transitions can, can create a problem? So here's the deal with all of that. I am concerned in the fact that it is something that's happening and I'm staying aware and educated about it. The transmission to our domestic pets, it seems to be much more likely to happen in cats um, than it is in dogs. However, in both species, it's still incredibly rare. And for them to get it means that a human that's in their life had to have given it to them. Uh, the, both, the, both species can get a coronavirus or types of coronaviruses. Uh, they usually affect, they're not COVID-19 and they affect gastrointestinal usually. Um, dogs can indirectly transmit it, but again, it's super rare. And for us, again, because we're outside in the sunlight, there's really no chance of, of any of that happening for I us. I think it's interesting that um, people sort of targeted that when there's <laughs> there's so many things you can actually get. Like uh, ferrets can catch human colds. Like that's really? a thing. Yeah, it's it's common knowledge. Like if you have a ferret and you get a cold, don't hold your ferret because you give them a cold. Like well, that's not really common knowledge because it's not a really <laughs> common. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Well, it's if a you've really had common ferrets, maybe the not in society. It's yeah, maybe common. not. I don't know. I had two. They were great. Um, but it's it's not uncommon for um, especially new viruses, especially viruses like this that originated with animals. Hmm. You know, it's not uncommon for them to find their way into other genetic materials. The, so, the one thing, if I could back up oh, really yeah. quickly about the COVID-19 with our dogs in particular, um, and cats too, if they do happen to get that strain, it's nowhere near the same as what it affects a human. They get it much more mildly. They will still mm-hmm. get some upper respiratory symptoms, but it's super, super mild. Yeah. And I would say something like Bordetella, which we know is kennel cough, um, that's probably, or even the canine flu that they can pass to each other. Those are more, I think, severe to the animals than the COVID-19 actually is. And also, please, people do not put masks (laughs) on your dogs or cats. They don't need them. No, they don't. Have you ever had to deal with anything like this? I mean, like a parvo outbreak? at your not parvo for us yeah the parvo is one of the vaccines uh, we required so that the dogs have to be vaccinated for that Mm -hmm. but dogs as kids can do and as people can do in environments they can share colds they can share stomach flus 
Um, so we have had some of that come through. It's very common. I mean, I think most places, it's if like not all of them, it's just like a daycare. Yeah, daycare, yeah. So no matter how much cleaning or whatever you do, you're not going to be able to completely prevent that. And also, we have no control of what people are doing outside of our facility. So sure. a lot of our dogs go to different dog parks. They go to the lake. They do play dates. They go to all these different places where they could be exposed. Um, and so we keep our place really super clean and sanitary, require the vaccinations, everyone has to be healthy. Um, but despite doing all that, there's always a little tiny percentage of a risk of them contracting like a cold or a flu, just like we would get maybe at the office or your, your kid would get from daycare, mm-hmm. same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I love about Wagon Tails is that it feels like I'm leaving my dog with my dogs with family. And it's such a welcoming environment. Everybody is just so nice. Everybody's so professional. Um, But there is a process that's involved with introducing new dogs to the pack because these are dogs that are frequent. There's so many people that are loyal, like my wife and I. And Haley, you've been going to Wagon Tails even longer than Mm -hmm. we were together. And your mom started, right? Your mom started there, right? Um, I think you guys were maybe about the same. I think you were first. I I started it. I think you had Floyd (laughs) first and then your mom brought Gracie. Floyd needed, he needed special attention. Yeah, I needed space i was like in between uh, i was in the middle of a divorce yeah, like patch. i was in between a home and not a home and you know and it was that was tough our goal always is whatever's best for the dog and of course we want everybody to come and be successful and and be a part of our pack but we realize that's not realistic so we always have other options for people in place so if they don't happen to make it with us on that evaluation they're referred to different places and a lot of times dogs will come back after they've done some training and they make it they they pass their evaluation successfully they just need a little reworking so yeah. what what is the evaluation process for somebody who hasn't taken their dog to a doggy daycare yeah great question so our evaluations are done they're done in our outdoor play yard but we have a smaller pen up in the front of the yard so the new dog is brought in and they're able to see all the other dogs that are there because we have Uh, wire fences so you take the visual barrier away that actually alleviates a lot of um, undesirable behavior so the dog comes in they're able to see everybody then we start letting our dogs that are there for the day in to meet the new dog in a very controlled manner and so depending on how the new dog presents we'll choose our first dog based on what's going to be the least What's the word I'm looking for? The least, causing the least reaction. In other words, it's going to be a, a no threat, a really no mellow dog, no stimulation. Yeah. They're, they're not really going to give a reaction. So if the new dog happens to have a reaction we are not looking for, the dog that's there at daycare is not going to react. So it's very safe. And then we let everybody in, um, again, based on how that new dog is acting. Some dogs will only meet five dogs in their evaluation. Some dogs will meet the whole pack and they'll go on a walk. So we we gear it for whatever dog is there for that day. Um, The goal is to get the dog out of that little pen and then we take them on a leash walk around the big yard after they've met everybody. And then they're turned loose to run around and we keep them for a few hours. We don't ever wanna overwhelm them. We always wanna make it a positive experience. And um, there's no charge for that. That's all included in the behavior evaluation. If they pass that, then they're welcome to start coming to Wagon Tails. And uh, what is uh, what is like a, you normally have about two to three people 
running the daycare. And what's like the normal day that you would have, like how many dogs would you have? Um, prior to COVID-19, we would average anywhere from 25 to 35 dogs a day. Wow, that sounds like a lot. It's a lot of dogs to look at. It's a lot of dogs. And a lot of personalities to yeah, learn and uh, know and names. So how do you manage that many dogs and personalities with just two to three? Is that, what? what's like your normal... But so our yard ra- duty. Yeah, yeah. Yard, yard duty. Pack <laughs> uh, leaders. Our, um, yeah. our normal ratio for dogs to people, we try to keep it at 10 to 15 dogs per one person. Okay. So we each sort of have a little mini pack. Um, then they're all out together. That's the beauty about our, our place is all of the dogs get to run on about a two-acre outside play yard. Um, and they're all together, all different sizes. So they learn how to be around each other. Um, but managing the dogs, we're all very skilled and knowledgeable in reading dog behavior and dog body language. And so the evaluation, it, it starts right before the dog even gets in the gate. We watch how they walk up. We watch how the owner's interacting with them. We have knowledge about the breed. So we sort of have a, a knowledge base about each individual. And then you, as they come to Wagon Tails, you get to learn their personalities. And so you start sort of matching up different players that will play well together. Um, You learn when to bring toys out, when not to, who's going to set off who. So it's sort of a um, kind of like a every day is different and you have to really figure out how they work together. But our knowledge and behavior and just the dogs that we accept, we never will accept anybody who's going to be aggressive. They all have to get along with each other, share their space and toys and be friendly and want to be there. And that's all determined during the evaluation. It starts in the evaluation, but dogs, um, that first evaluation for some dogs is pretty intense. Mm -hmm. And so we don't see all of their true colors, so so to say, at the first. So sometimes we'll see behaviors as the dogs come in other visits. And we just work with, like I said, everybody's an individual, so we just work with everybody however they need it to be successful. So we got a message. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you has a wagon tails been in operation? We bought the business from our friends in August of 2005. You bought it from somebody who was already doing a doggy daycare yeah. previously? Yep. So what were you doing prior to doggy daycare? I've done a lot of things. Yeah. Do you want to know everything? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, I really want to get to why you chose to work with dogs. Sure. I've always loved animals and I actually, I wanted to be a veterinarian. So my first step in that was to become a licensed veterinary nurse. Mm -hmm. So I did that as my first um, kind of main professional job. Um, And for various reasons learned that wasn't quite the avenue for me, but I liked to be involved in that. And then things kind of took a turn. I was a firefighter at EMT for Butte County, Cal Fire for a few seasons. I worked for um, a grocery store for a long time, my first job and was the veterinary nurse and then the firefighter EMT and then I was a middle school science teacher for San Juan Unified School District when the opportunity to acquire Wagon Tails was presented to us. Wow, that's really interesting. You've got so many different... A lot of hats. Yeah, different hats. (laughs) Um, And so what ultimately led you to uh, Wagon Tails? It's actually a really cool story Uh, my husband's sister had purchased the dachshund from the person who owned wagon tail she was also a dachshund breeder 
and we fell in love with with the dogs and his mom and dad also had one and so we fell in love with the breed and we specifically liked wire-haired dachshunds and so the owner of wagon tails had some puppies so we went to um, go look and we picked out our puppy and at that time we it was at wagon tails where we got to pick out the dog and we got to see it and we just fell in love and we said to them uh, if you ever want to get out of the business and you want to sell it we please consider us we would love it we jeff and i are both super animal lovers especially dogs and um, it was just kind of like a, a pipe dream at the time but you never know when you plant a seed what's going to grow the folks that owned wagon tails were they were actually retired and they started the business in 2002 is that right jeff i think so thinking it would be a fun, easy gig in retirement. They quickly learned that there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. What a lot of people think is that you're just playing with dogs, which you are, but there's so much more involved in it. And they realized that they were ready for a slower pace. And so um, they, I think they said we were their first choice. And they called us and one thing led to another and here we are. Sounds a little stressful, but also very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. and, and I was a full tenured teacher. I had just gotten tenured. I had finished my fourth year with Sylvan. And so here I am getting ready to start in this new career. And I took a, they let you take a leave of absence or a sabbatical where you're guaranteed a position back in the district in, in a certain amount of time if you decide you want to come back. And that time had, uh, had elapsed for me and to be be honest with you the first day I, I stepped into the business I knew I wasn't going back to teaching yeah I had found my passion oh that's fantastic yeah. right on and it really does show I mean thanks I, I wouldn't take our dogs anywhere else for this type of service it's just it's just thanks. amazing um, so if anybody wants to get any more information they can also go to sacramento doggy daycare.com uh, that's where you have all of your details and information. Right. What are your operating hours? We are open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we do a quiet hour between 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. where we ask that nobody is coming in or out. It just gives us a decompression time in the day. Like but we're time. guaranteed like a quiet, because it's not good for the dogs to be stimulated all day. Yeah. So they actually have a lunch hour that's right before that. So a number of them will eat lunch or snack, and then we kind of go into the quiet part of the afternoon. And so you do half days and full day options? We do half days. Those are either from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. with the dog being dropped off by 9.30. Or if you want to do the afternoon, that is from 11.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. And these, the pickup time, you didn't, obviously don't have to wait until the very last second. You can pick the dog up earlier. Some people think that those time frames, that's, that's it. But we're flexible on some of those times. We course. typically pick Walter up around 4.30 yeah. because he can be really loud. So <laughs> he gets overly excited when anybody pulls up. So we try to get him out of there first when we can. So so what kind of, what, what, what do you, how do you manage the, the people that are like overly protective with their dogs? I'm sure that managing dogs is one thing, but also managing owners is another. Have you had to deal with any problem I mean, without obviously not going into specifics, but right. I mean, there, there's that element, right? So how do you deal with people letting their dogs go and, and that kind of trust level? Well, like you touched on earlier, my whole, and our, I should say our whole goal behind our, our 
mission or business statement, whatever you want to say about Wagon Tails, our business model, that's the word I was looking for. It's family. Mm -hmm. That's what we model it after. So we want to make sure all of our family members feel comfortable and safe and happy and, and secure knowing that their dogs are there. Also, because I was a client, we actually brought our dogs before we bought the business. So we had our dogs at Wagon Tails as clients. Um, before we bought the business and so I know that side of it too being the client so I know that people these are their kids so we say please call call in check in as as often as you want we can FaceTime with your dog or we don't really have anybody anybody that that's super nervous like that but there have been a few yeah um and so we just try to be aware and and um supportive of them and whatever they need so we did kind of touch on how shepherds can be a little difficult right. in impact situations. Um, are there any breeds that are off limits, or is it just like is it just like a a dog by dog basis? It's definitely dog by dog. We don't exclude any breeds. Um, they all have to meet our requirements and pass the behavior evaluation. I will say there are certain breeds that tend to be less successful there than others. And again, that's not necessarily because they're, or it's not at all because they're a bad dog or there's something wrong with them. It's usually our environment is too stimulating for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, we don't, we accept all breeds. We have everything from as big as a Great Dane all the way down to a Chihuahua. We actually had those two there today. <laughs> <laughs> Kira the Great Dane and Coco the Chihuahua, and they actually love each other. It's really cute. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we, we, we accept everybody. So uh, some places do, they don't allow certain breeds, but we, we allow them all. You have every breed. You have a Rottweiler, yep. you love Roxy. Yeah. Uh, you have Basset Hounds and other Dotsies and Corgis and we have Australian too. Shepherds yep. and Pitbulls. Pitbulls and uh, who else? Oh, you you have huskies you have a couple yeah. of huskies that and are... we do have shepherds we yeah, have a handful of them yeah. that come Cor- yeah like you said corgis everything lots of labs lots of lots goldens. of labs and goldens and doodles brody gotta look brody right which one is it the is the one that i love with the really big box head the really blonde one is it Oh, Hudson. Hudson. Why do I want to call him Hudson, Brody? Hudson. Brody's English... a little Westy. Yeah, Brody's oh, a little white that's Westy. Right. Yeah, Hudson. Oh, man, that dog's going to be... If, if she turns him into a service dog, he's going to be amazing. Hudson is a beautiful English cream golden retriever. So he's a golden retriever, but he looks white. Yeah. And he's just got the sweetest boxy face. and The yeah, black he's... nose yeah, and the black really eyeliner. Sweet. He just looks you in your face and you just go, whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> I give you whatever you want. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty amazing... I'm so blessed um, and I feel like all of us that get to be a part of the team are super blessed to be there the energy at Wagon Tails is really good too super zen and um, just being out in nature I mean how you couldn't ask for anything better really yeah I mean I I feel like we've been pretty blessed to be a part of uh, what you do there being invited in we don't not everybody gets the VIP treatment and gets to come into the in and hang out with the pack right like is that kind of a selective thing or do you allow people to come in with you well now we've had to change some of that but of course prior to that and these were our existing clients we we wouldn't necessarily allow just somebody randomly off the street to we wouldn't allow that to happen sure Um, but our existing clients we actually have had a number of people come in over the years and for different reasons a lot of them are um healing some sort of trauma we've Mm -hmm. had people that were recently divorced somebody that lost their wife to breast cancer um cancer patients um, children with different uh disabilities 
Um, so we've had all different kinds of people and then people that just want to come in and hang out with the dogs, our clients. We try to be uh, as open and transparent as we can and we like to share our family. So That's really um, beautiful Yeah, because there is something so magical about the healing yeah. properties of just being enveloped with all of that dog energy. Yeah. And that safe space that you've created for all of them is just, it's just such a great feeling. Thank you. Yeah, it really Thank is. Thank you so much. Um, so what, one of the one things that you, one of the many things that you do to make this place special is you give out goodie bags on birthdays. Everybody gets to take home a little, like something, uh, a special on their leashes that they're hanging up when, uh, when you pick up your dogs. That's so always we, really special. We try to do, Wagon Tails will try to do that on holidays, but the birthday ones often come from other clients. So oh. these are other, these are your, your kids' classmates. Yeah, your kids classmates. I'm actually. the mom that doesn't send cupcakes with the kids. I didn't their, know that. But Walter's birthday's on Christmas. Like, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So, like, you guys aren't really open. Like, we wouldn't have them there anyway. Oh, like, that's even better than yeah. The whole I thought I told you that. Involved. No, I thought no. That, that was. Uh... We've had people. We've had clients in the past do really cool things too for birthdays. They've brought in bagels and peanut butter one time. Somebody went by McDonald's and brought chicken nuggets and <laughs> uh, cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's really like cool. frozen watermelon, the dogs love that chunked up. Oh, yeah. um, and then just various treats, toys. But the birthday ones that you get or that are for a birthday, those are all from other clients. That is so cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I thought that was something you guys did. Well, no, so we do holidays. Cool. The clients yeah. do the birthdays. And so one of the big holidays is Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Halloween. Halloween. And that's where, Halloween. that's where Haley has gotten a lot of experience in hanging out with the dogs because she's helped out with uh, the costume. And there's a costume contest. Yes, there is. This is a big deal. It's a big year. deal. So how many dogs do you normally get? I mean, prior to the whole COVID-19 thing, we'll see how that happens this year. But right. this, is, this is a really cool event that you guys do. So we, I think last year, 50. We, we have over 50 dogs Over year. 50. It's for, our biggest day of the year. It's oh the only gosh. day we actually have to put a, a limit on how many we will accept. There's a, there's a process. There's a sign-up sheet. And there's an alternate list, and we have a lot more people come that day. Um, Haley has been amazing, and she's been she's helped me in the photography um, part of it the last two years we, with the costumes. We have to dress the dogs in their costumes <laughs> that the, 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 the owners send with the dogs. Um, some of them have notes, like, yeah. <laughs> you, like instructions. Yeah, like this goes with this, this goes with this, um, and and often the dogs aren't as comfortable like with me as they are with. Uh, Andrea or the other staff which who are out like still running the show so it's, it's usually her and I just back <laughs> just dressing these poor dogs that they'll look at me just like who the fuck are you <laughs> <laughs> but I usually am the one behind the hay bale <laughs> holding the dog like with a little leash just like don't move stay still good job <laughs> that is our trick we have a yeah. hay bale set up as the background and then we feed leash through and hook it to the dog. On the, so the dog is sitting in front of the hay. The leash goes through the back. And then Haley mm-hmm. would hold the leash so they, they can't get, they can't <laughs> get away. They can't. And she's got treats. So they're like, okay, I can't move, but she's got treats. And like, there's this moment of confusion. This when you got to capture your picture before they lose it. Right, right. You have like some seconds to uh-huh. do it. But they all get treats. And then they're, they're let back out in the yard. And once they realize what's going on in that pen, then everybody wants to come in. Because yeah. they know that there's treats and it's mm-hmm. special. And so you have them all lined up outside the gate. You learn the hard way if you don't get the gate latched. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, all of a sudden, it was just a flood of dogs. I was like, oh, man, rookie move. 
<laughs> so it's not like one big open area. You do have like partitioned space spaces. Yes, for, we like, have certain yeah. types of dogs. Yeah. Like, maybe for like the elderly. Like, do you have your like yes. little quieter areas for? The less active dogs for protection. Yeah, we have we have a little area up in front. Jeff and I watch a, an awesome show called um, Port Protection. Anyways, but I digress. We call uh, we call the little area up in front Port Protection, and it's there's several areas. So we have a main play yard, and then up in the front part of the property is a little. We've sectioned it off with like X pen fences, and we've made just a little sort of a, a little small dog entrance. So the big dogs can still get in there, but a lot of them don't. But it's for the, the smaller dogs can hang out up there and still be part of the pack. They're actually up in the front of the yard so they can see everything and they can see people coming in and um, they can be safe in there and they can run around and play with each other in there. And it's also a spot for the, if dogs want to just kind of chill out and take a little nap, they can go in there. Nice. Then we have the other pen I talked about that we use for the behavior evaluation that we also use for breaking dogs up into playgroups if we need to that's where the halloween costumes mm -hmm. and pictures take place mm -hmm. it's the turnout pen after they eat so they can rest for 20 30 minutes before they go back out and play uh, so it's the multi-purpose room if you will mm -hmm. and then we have a tiny little feeding area where the dogs are fed and they come in one at a time and tara sits with them she's the lunch lady with them and <laughs> make sure they eat their food and yeah so that's really cool um, so yeah, there's one, two, three, four different areas in the main yard. So one of the, one of the th other amazing things that you do is that you give back to the community. And I know that, um, during the paradise fires, you were heavily involved in collecting donations with that. I know that when we came to pick up our dogs during that time, there was just room, you, you have like an actual like physical office yeah. that's near your, uh, near, near the actual daycare outside area. Um, there was tons of donations out there for, for all the Paradise victims and inside the uh, indoor area. Um, and I know that you were personally affected by that since you had a family and you were, you're, were you from the Paradise Chico area? So that goes back to the, the firefighter EMT. I, I was a firefighter EMT in Butte County. So that whole area where those fires took place, the campfire took place was my county. So wow, I had this, I had, yeah, I had this, like, um, this sense of, I don't want to say I failed cause I it wasn't that, but like, I didn't protect it. I wasn't there. So now right. I have to help. Yeah. Like these yeah. are my people that I, I would have been helping. And I also have family that lives up in that area. They weren't personally affected by the fires as far as like they didn't lose their property and stuff, but a couple of them are educators. And so they dealt with the aftermath of, you know, seeing seeing the children that had been affected and all of that stuff. But um, yeah, we ended up doing, gosh, I want to say three or four donation collection drives. Um, I ended up becoming really good friends with Stephen Murray, who was a Paradise survivor and, and local up there who who did an immense an enormous amount of working so i worked a lot with him he helped so the many people manager at um the, the apple tree East, village apple tree yeah. village he cut the yeah. fence open and yeah. saved, that yeah. whole saved a whole bunch of the whole elderly community yeah he i was, think almost 200 people he was like barging yeah. into to trail like you gotta go he was yeah. putting him in the cars he was amazing so that was a real uh special honor for me to to do that and then we're can i talk about what we're involved in right now that's, that's what he wanted to bring up by all means <laughs> So we did this, we did a collection for the same organization last fall, but it's, it's Julie's Purse Project. And it was started by a, a woman in Granite Bay 
to help women, other women escaping trauma and hardship situations. And her idea was to collect gently used or new purses and then to fill those purses with all sorts of essentials. Then the purses are handed out to the women. And for a lot of them, it's often their first like steps back into independence and feeling some worth and value again. A lot of them have told Julie that it's actually been life-changing for them. So she gave out a, a, a lot of them to the, some women from the Paradise Fires. And then a lot of these women have children, so the children are also benefiting from what's inside of the purses. And so they can make these donations at, dog, at the wagon table. Oh, yes. Doggy daycare. You don't, they don't necessarily need to be bringing their dogs. They can just bring this, these Correct. out here. We became, um, just this week, we became Julie's newest collection site for her donation. So we have a big pink barrel. When you come into our entryway, you don't have, like Brandon said, you don't have to have a dog. Anybody can come, and uh, we'll collect all of those things and get those over to her. The the one thing that she asks is that the purses not be filled. Like if you're donating essentials and purses, just it's fine to just put everything separate. Everything gets sorted. Yeah. And so if purses come filled, it actually creates more work for Julie and her crew. So. I learned a lot from you doing your like and the donations for the campfire victims when we were doing it through the show about how donations get processed mm -hmm. and when you're donating if you're donating uh you know more than one deodorant put the deodorant in a bag like these things get mm -hmm. like you need to be a little more organized when you're donating for the volunteers that right. are sorting it people but i mean of, of course we, uh, of course we want to take any donations yeah, but, but if you have like the extra time especially now yeah. i think a lot of us are have a little more time on our hands than than we had had um take a little extra time to make yeah. sure purses are empty if you want to like put like with like that's always helpful it doesn't I, have to be and i think during these times with everybody being hyper aware of mm -hmm. cleanliness and yeah. sterilization i yeah. think that's a good idea especially for those volunteers that are going yeah. through yeah. those products yeah. to make sure that they're not cross-contaminating be a little other. extra consistent. and julie has a whole process yeah. on that end i haven't actually that's that's my next step is i'd love to go out and do a sorting day with her sure and and help out that way so that's that's next on the agenda but we'll have that barrel it's it's sort of there indefinitely there's no timeline when we did this last year we had like a two-week window for donations not the case this time it'll be there um so we would love it for people to come and drop donations anything helps too yeah and you're always doing something like like that for the community, and I just love that. Oh, it's thanks! So great, yeah. thank you. There's a um, is there? Do you have a list of the things that we do? Yeah. If you go to uh, if you just Google Julie's Purse Project, there's uh, a full list of everything that they're looking for, and I believe they have a uh, Facebook page. As she well. does. If you just go to Julie's Purse Project through Facebook, or even Google it. Um, there's a whole list of everything, uh, new purses, essentials, such as travel size toiletries, makeup, hygiene items, snacks, etc. Yeah. There were a lot of things on the list that, um, they, at first they surprised me because I thought, oh, that's so interesting. But then you think about it, and when you think about the women in the situations... <sighs> Especially right now, like women in need it's during these like times. Nail yeah. polish, travel size, hand lotion, uh, face masks. 
feminine hygiene products. Yeah. Not the most pleasant thing, but no, they they needed condoms. Sure. She requests a lot of those. Any mm-hmm. of those people that are like makeup boxes, subscribers, yeah. like Ipsy Boxy yep. Charm, like the stuff that you're not using, they want that it's perfect. stuff. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's empowering to them too, yeah. The big thing I did though, um, my mom passed away in 2013 and she loved to be, she was just always very put together, matching clothes and shoes and makeup and and jewelry well she had a a fairly extensive jewelry collection and i have held on to it for for all this time i've given some pieces away to to special people in my life but i didn't really know what to do with it and along came julie's purse project so i spent uh, several hours over the last week going through all of her jewelry and putting it in little bags so it's easy for Julie to put it into the purses. And I donated my mom's jewelry to her oh. cause. So it's it's really, it just made me feel really good to know that the things that helped make her feel beautiful are going to go and, and do the same thing for other women and possibly children too if they get to wear the jewelry. So that was an awesome part of it for me. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you top that? That's just, that's just so strange. But yeah, we would, and if you can't donate items to Julie's Purse Project, she can also use help sorting um, a lot. She has a lot of transportation when she does deliveries and pickups. So reach out to her, and she's super, she's an amazing lady. Can super you donate, funny. Uh, cash and gift cards? Yes, you can donate all of that, all of the above. Excellent. Yeah. Um, did we miss anything in covering uh, Wagon Tails? I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like it was a really complete, thorough. We, we got to talk about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm. I guess I just. Again, I feel really super grateful and blessed to be in the position where I'm at to be able to help people and their dogs because we do play with dogs, but it's also a lot about the people, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of really special clients and deep relationships. I have an amazing team behind me, mm-hmm. um, including my husband and, and the girls that work with me. And it's just a great family environment. So we're so excited to um, to be back back at it during these crazy times. And we can only see success in our future. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you're in the area or if you're in the surrounding areas of uh, Citrus Heights, Wagon Tails Doggy Daycare, SacramentoDoggyDaycare.com. Uh, or you can just Google Wagon, Tail, Wagon Tails Doggy Daycare. Um, thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, we're on Facebook too. Oh, we have Facebook. an amazing page on Facebook. Uh, always posting yeah, great stuff. pictures and videos yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. So check that out too. That's really fun. All only positive, happy, funny stuff. Mm-hmm. We never get, there's no drama ever on it. Fantastic. We do. Yeah. We do post over the rainbow posts. When we, we do. Yeah. That's um, the only thing, but that's yeah. The only sad thing. Yeah. But it's, you know, for me again, I, I do it like boring. a little, it's, a little, tribute to them very do a little sweet. special write-up always personalized yeah. thank you because you build these relationships yeah. with yeah. these dogs they're your family yeah. too some of these dogs that have have left us recently have been with us since the start so we've we've had them there for 12 13 years yeah mm-hmm. you know so that's tough yeah oh before we go we have to mention that it's your dog Oh, yeah, of course. Harry is the long-haired dachshund who made his appearance for the first time on uh, Take Me Home Country Road. Yeah, Harry, he's he's actually a wire-haired dachshund. That's our sort of Jeff and Mai's favorite breed. I shouldn't say sort of. That is our favorite breed. Mm-hmm. We've had He's our third wire-haired dachshund. And we rescued him in October of last year. And his person was terminally ill with cancer. 
and he was 10 and a half and so she had arranged for him to go to rescue and we saw his picture on Facebook and we had lost our last wire-haired dog moose in May of last year so we were still kind of new uh, in the grieving thing or whatever and um, but Harry stole our hearts and we went to meet him and that was it so we've had him for just a little bit over six months now and he's ever, amazing if you ever had the opportunity to meet Harry you'd understand that <laughs> steals your heart right away he's a big boy too yeah, yeah he's for a, a dachshund yeah i know <laughs> he's huge well he's a standard so he's the bigger variety yeah, and he's okay. big for his his that size he weighs 29 pounds but he's really long i yeah. think he's longer he's than not, normal he's not fat by no, any no, no no he's no. super muscular. he's a very he's a 29 pound hot dog <laughs> that's the other plug i'll do too is uh rescue is always a great idea um, and, and senior dogs, do not overlook them. Harry was 10 and a half when we rescued him. He just turned 11. And this dog has as much energy, I would say, as a lot of five or six-year-old dogs. And um, he came already potty trained and with some obedience commands. And th- he's just been amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't let age Don't overlook it. it. Yeah, please. No, there's so much life left in a dog. Even yeah. at 10, 11. Yeah. Well, old. Walter's seven, and yeah. he has no signs of showing, <laughs> slowing down. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll tell you when we're done what he did to me this week. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the Walter Chronicles. Yeah, he's got puppy energy. Yes. Yeah, but he's also a curmudgeon. He's an old man. He is. He's, he's like both. He's a du- duality. It's mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. No idea till you've been snorted in your face from his protests. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why we take up the doggy <laughs> Get a break. <laughs> oh, Andrea knows Walter will tell you to your face. Oh, he yeah, he has his, he has an opinion, that's for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Right in your face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Wagon Tails Doggy Daycare site, SacramentoDoggyDaycare.com, even on Facebook, Wagon Tails Doggy Daycare. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you so much, Jeff. You guys are beautiful souls, and we are so grateful to not only be uh, loyal customers, but great friends of yours. So thank you very much for sharing your story, and uh, hopefully we can get through this all together. Corporate told me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Brandon and Haley. We appreciate yeah, you guys. Love you. Brandon you. And Haley. Thank you. The Rad 